welcome. The card is going to change, presented by AIW and sponsored by Smartmark Video and the This Is Awesome Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Glenmore, joined in studio, like always, by the co-owners of AIW, Mr. John Thorne and Chandler Biggins. And the topic for this this show is, well, guys, we're we'll talking about the Warp Tour you guys took place last month. We saw the return of John Thorne into the wrestling ring. Uh, another, some other surprises that, that took place in the ring uh, at the Warp Tour. And also uh, getting into maybe some uh, not-so-good stories on the road when dealing with uh, tours and companies like this. Uh, when you're not really, you know, the guy, main guys in charge of what goes on with with your with your event. So let's get into it. Your thoughts on the Warp Tour? Was it successful? Did you guys want to do it right off the bat? And uh, what made you go, you know, decide, hey, we're going to do this? I wanted to do it right off the bat. Mister Biggins did not want to do it. Yeah, we should go back to 2010. We uh, had we had a bad experience before when we tried to do it. Um, and uh, so this was this was a bit of an internal uh, internal argument, so to speak, on whether we should or shouldn't do it. But uh, I'll let Biggins explain why why he didn't want to do it. Uh, so back in 2010, we did two days of warped, uh, one in Cleveland, one in Indianapolis, and then the Mayhem Festival, which was a related property of the warped whatever the parent company is. I don't remember Live yeah, Nation or for something. Feeny or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we did a uh, like a metal thing with the Mayhem Festival in Cincinnati and two with Warped. All three, I would have uh, rather not done. It was hot. It was miserable. None of the people walking by cared. Like, we really didn't have big crowds for any of it. Um, really, none of the bands even cared, really. Uh, it was just kind of like we were there taking up space from people. I had fun. But uh, Biggins did not have fun. But it also kind of, you know, it it I I think ultimately why he didn't want to do it is it kind of was like a black cloud uh, sort of so to speak era of AIW like yeah at, we nothing was working out for us back at, then and like at the Cleveland Warp Tour date we had a former business partner like quit like basically that day um, and you know all sorts of problems kind of stemmed from from the Warp Tour in 2010. So it just kind of had like a negative, you know, uh, association as far as we were concerned. And, you know, we hadn't we hadn't contacted them in, you know, since in six years. Uh, you and, know, and I think you talked to them last year, but they said no wrestling that year. And Yeah. But um, so, you know, anyway, I wanted to do it because, um, you know, we have students now and we have quite a few students and we don't have anywhere for them to wrestle. Really, it's hard to get them on every AIW show. It's hard to get them ring time. So I thought that this would be easy ring time for them um, to just kind of wrestle low pressure uh, all day. And, you know, coming out of those experiences in 2010, I felt like we had a better idea on how to handle it. You know, when we went in 2010, I think we had... It was very haphazard. Yeah, and I also think we had these big expectations for... We were just going to be... We are just going to put up a wrestling ring in the middle of Warped Tour and... A thousand people were just gonna be fucking losing totally their minds. Totally feel the dream style, like build it and they will come. Like we, uh, like we were just like fuck, man. You know, there's gonna be, you know, a thousand thousands of people there. You know, at the very least, we're gonna have you know a thousand people watching us at any given time. They're probably gonna put us right next to the main stage. We didn't know that they were gonna put us like, you know. Off in a fucking corner of a parking I think, lot. Uh, I think the Mayhem Fest. We were the furthest thing you could possibly be away from the stage. Yeah. So, 
Um, I think this time we kind of went back with a better with a better game plan. Very like much lower expectations. And uh, you know we were realistic, and I, we we just looked at it as a way for you know our students to get experience and wrestle in front of a a non wrestling crowd, a non familiar crowd. Uh, you know we basically had all day to do whatever we wanted. Uh, so I think you know I think some students wrestled as much as five times at the warp tour, which, you know, you can't buy experience like that. That's, you know, that was why I wanted to do it. Um, you know, I, I thought it was worth the expense of, you know, we, we had to transport everything there and we had to, you know, pick up some, uh, additional insurance policies and things like that. But, and I think the, uh, entire barter came down to, we did a convention with Dennis stamp in Philadelphia. And that was like my wish granted and Thorne got the warp to her. So it was kind of like, cause that convention did not go so well, not so well at all. If anyone's looking to sign up for, uh, for that convention at the ECW, Arena Company, wrestling. I don't think, uh, I don't, I, I don't think it goes too well for the vendors, uh, unless you're Shawn Michaels, but you know that you know that was that was a learning experience because you know we had always kind of talked about getting involved and doing the convention loop and we never did uh so we gave it a shot and, and we, it ended up getting Dennis another booking off of that and we got nothing yeah so, but you know we found out very quickly just like you know the warp tour in 2010 that the uh, the convention circuit is not is not very easy it's a it's a very 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 hard you know Hard kind of hustle to, to do, but, you know, we ended up taking uh, a loss on that. So it's kind of just boiled down to like, hey, we did this convention. Let's do this warp Tour thing. It's way less of a risk. And let's just get our students some work because initially the none of them were going to be on absolution later in the week except for Frankie Flynn. Um, so, you know, we, we, uh, we ended up, you know, going through with it and signing the contracts and all that. And... Um, you know, we were going to do it very, very, very low, low key. And then uh, Andy Williams from Every Time I Die hit me up like two days before and was like, hey, man, uh, I want to wrestle. And I was like, isn't your knee broken? Like last I heard he had a bad knee. He goes, well, yeah, I can't do an Ironman match, but I could give you a fucking solid eight. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. Because uh, we were going to go with like just put a fucking ring up in like a curtain. We weren't going to have sound or anything because yeah, you, at one you don't point get we just had the megaphone you don't get electronic you don't get ele- electric hookups at the warp tour yeah. if you want electricity you got to bring a generator so like after Andy Williams set me up it was like fucking like I don't even I could never pull this off in a million years but I start fucking looking for generator and looking for sound equipment and fucking trying to get our like cuz we don't do any of this shit at our normal shows like we pay Jeff Traxler to do it but we don't want to add expenses onto it. So like we're trying to figure it all out. So like I start like negotiating like free admission to the warp tour in exchange for like a generator, free admission to the warp tour in exchange for a fucking sound system. Yeah. Uh, an entrance so, way. Yeah. An entrance way. I fucking barter all this shit in like two days. And, uh, you know, it ends up being like a fucking pretty big deal. Uh, you know, the, we met all like it was a totally different experience than in 2010. Like bands were coming over and fucking like loving wrestling, like, like a million times different. Yeah, like you know, all these dudes were coming over. Like we met all these like important people and these like celebrity types. Like fucking like 
Good Charlotte was over there, and uh, you know, fucking this band Four Years Strong, and you know their tour managers are coming over, and this band Real Real Friends, real friends yeah. and fucking you know Andy Williams and Every Time I Die is coming over. So we're like we're doing all this fucking network. You know, we're walking around and we're meeting all these people. There were some WWE divas in, in attendance. Just but watching. We, the, we can't talk about that. I learned the hard way. We were watching that. We're watching the bands. Uh, so you know, it was a totally different experience than in 2010 when it fucking sucked. It's just weird to look up and see Good Charlotte watching wrestling, eating snow cones. Yeah, in which Biggins was in. He definitely did not want to be there right off the rip. He was still he was still pissed. Um, you know he was still he was still pissed when we got there. He was just yelling at every fucking person he saw at eight thirty in the morning. Yelling at fans that were watching. Just wanted to be as miserable as possible until people started buying stuff. And then that he, usually then he couldn't up. he couldn't even pretend to be mad anymore. Like there was one point where he would just like he was purposely trying to drive people away. I think I think you're purposely mad that it was actually going well at one point. No, yeah. I. I wanted people to spend money because people were just standing He's there. He's just calling people, hey, hey, guy in the fucking Superman shirt, why don't you fucking buy something? Well, yeah, I want some money. This is no... This- I knew I knew how much money went into this thing. We got to make something back. No, he was just mad it was going good, I think, and he was just trying to drive the crowd away. Uh, so it went, it, it went way better, I think, than he even uh, anticipated it going. And then... You know, I ended up getting real fucking drunk and getting talked into wrestling again, or I don't even know if you could call it wrestling. How long has it been? Oh, I don't know. Absolution nine? Eight, nine? I don't know. Eight? Uh, Absolution eight. 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 Absolution eight. It's been a while. Uh, But I drank a whole bottle of Tito's throughout the day because I had to stay hydrated. Um, And, uh,. Fucking Big Mo and Derek Direction were really putting the pressure on me. Uh, I just put some boots on, and I don't know what the fuck happened. Uh, I just remember at one point you're laying on the ground in the middle of the crowd, and you just look at me, and you go, I'm so hurt. I fucking shit. I was feeling it, man. I called that suplex on the concrete, and then I realized that that was a dumb idea. But, uh, yeah. And, like, last week we talked about JT, but, like, you definitely are the definition of the uh, JT's favorite phrase, do as I say, not as I do, because the first thing you're yelling at everybody, nobody brawl in the crowd, and then the match comes up, I go, there goes Thorne right at the guardrail. Yeah, I said, don't go in the crowd, we gotta get insurance, blah, blah, blah. I'm right over the fucking guardrail, getting suplexed into people, fucking breaking, fucking breaking everything we had in our booth over fucking Kaplan, because he kicked me for fucking... So hard for we real. Just kept handing you stuff to hit him with. Oh my god, dude! Fuck, he fucking killed me. Uh, I, I feel sorry for anybody that I've booked against Kaplan now, uh, because he fucking beat the shit out of me. I don't think he like. I don't think he was there the day when like, you know, uh, they taught wrestling isn't real. Uh, he fucking he was just kicking me as hard as he could, which is very ironic because every Kaplan match, you're like, I love this guy. He's just so stiff. Yeah, so I fucking paid the price, but I was drunk, so it wasn't that bad. And then, and then we we went to check on you in the back, and then you were wearing like a NBA jersey. Somehow it's covered in blood, and nobody knows how. Yeah, I had somebody's blood all over me. I don't know. And then you know, I just fucking wandered around the Warp Tour for fucking hours, drunk. I was like invited on the side stage for this band Four Years Strong, and fucking Good Charlotte was there. And I fucking blocked their fucking view because I figured, man, this guy fucks Cameron Diaz and he's a millionaire. He can fucking stand behind me. I got to get over <laughs> on this guy somehow. Uh, I think he was pissed off, but I could give a fuck. 
but yeah, I, then we ended up, you know, Andy Williams ended up wrestling, and we got so much publicity off of that. Like, because uh, Ryan Satchin was DMing us as it's going on, like, I need footage. Well, of course he was. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, he. Plus, Sorry, like, there was no engagement at our show. <laughs> yeah. Plus, like, all these, like, all these outside publications that we would have never reached. Uh, like we were able to get publicity, like metal injection wrote an article on us and all these different, you know, like music kind of like avenues were putting attention on us. Uh, you know, plus like all these bands were tweeting about us and tagging us on it. We got so much, like so much publicity off of doing the warp tour and like, uh, the real friends, I see, I see so much about them on the internet, but like, I think the dude thanked us about a thousand times for just letting him take a selfie in the ring. Yeah, and like, you know, both my Valentine and all these bands that have like hundreds of thousands of Twitter followers were were tagging us. And like, we went about it with such low expectations this year. It ex- it exceeded expectations, uh, which, you know, it, it's kind of like, it's kind of hard to get excited because, you know, we've definitely had some bad experiences where like things are kind of outside of our control and there's like other you know, like things controlling what's going on. Um, we could have some, you know, we've had some really, really bad experiences where it's like not us putting on the event. Cause I, every, everything sounds great on paper. And then in reality, it turns out bad. Like, uh, what, what was it? What year was it? 2012 or 2010? For 2010, 2010. Uh, we had 2010, a sh- man, bad year. Yeah. Bad, that was a bad really year. bad year. Bad year for outside endeavors. Uh, 2011, 2012, 2013 were yeah, all bad. Yeah, pretty much every year. That's why, you know, I said a couple weeks ago, we should have sold to that guy that offers 25 grand. Uh, so anyways, in 2010, uh, Drew Cordero, who runs Beyond Wrestling, Denver, Colorado, the man, not the place, uh, the man behind Championship Melt. Uh, oh the my man God, for- with these fucking plugs, man. The man formerly. We're not getting any money for this. Women's Wrestling Revolution. Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> uh, so the guy who runs Beyond Wrestling, he was he worked for us for uh, a couple years. And uh, he lived in Sandusky. He was which, pretty much like our intern, like unpaid intern for, I don't know, like, but like two he, years. This is how he learned the business, which what a way to learn from us. But uh, what, would you, what would you say? Sandusky's about an hour away from here, 90 minutes? Uh, yeah, it's like 90 minutes away. He's like, uh, he sets up this like sold gig for us. Uh and we're just like, sweet, you know, awesome. Like, because we ran a couple shows in Sandusky at his work, which he was like the IT for a haunted house all year round. I don't even know if he was IT. He's like a marketing director or something for like a year round haunted house. It was fucking real weird. Which is, I'm sure it's hard to get people in the wintertime to go see your haunted house. But yeah, like he sets up this sold gig in Sandusky and uh, it's at some bar. I don't even remember what the fuck it's called. But, uh, you but, know, but the guy was super excited. Yeah, and like, and we're getting like a good amount of money, and we're like, fuck yeah, you know, this is awesome. There's no, there's no fucking risk for us. And, and we didn't know this guy. This guy was just like a stranger. But and he, he ran tell- like he ran a con- it was a concert club. It was a concert club, and he goes, "It's so exciting because we're running with the Ohio Bike Week, which in Ohio, Ohio Bike Week draws like a hundred thousand people. It's like it's like a bullshit fucking." Sturgis like we thought we were going to be road wild in this motherfucker because this guy says 
we're running with uh, the Ohio Bike Week. So I, we walk in. I thought they were going to give us some fucking Harleys and fucking Jay Leno. We walk shit. in and we're thinking, oh, you know, this is great. We're going to be Motley Crue is coming up for Ohio Bike Week and all this other stuff. We're a part of this Ohio Bike Week. I fucking straight up thought we were going to do Road Wild. Like, I was fucking pumped. I thought it was going to be outside. I thought it was going to be fucking people fucking revving yeah, their fucking yeah. bikes. Well, fucking, I it couldn't have been more fucking wrong. We show up and we realize the guy is running against the Ohio bike week, oh. not with. He thought AIW was going to fucking outdraw Motley Crue coming to fucking Ohio for the first time in like 15 years. Yeah, we ran directly head-to-head with Motley Crue. Well, this guy, not only is he running against one of the biggest events ever in Sandusky, Ohio. Which, the only thing in Sandusky is Cedar Point. That is like the only thing that exists in Sandusky. Besides the all-year-round haunted house. So, like, it's Cedar Point... And Ohio Bike Week is now, like, the biggest thing going on in Sandusky for that, you know, week or whatever long it fucking was. But, uh, so, this guy lies to us and says we were going to be a part of this bike week. Well, instead, he's running against Motley Crue head-to-head the exact same time. And then he fucking forgets to hire a doorman. Like... How can you run a concert club? He's paying us. We have a guarantee. We have a signed contract. He's going to pay us like X amount of dollars. And then he Cause I'm standing forgets. There. I'm standing there because uh, this is this is uh, like a weird concert club. Like it's, it's the front door and then you go downstairs and it's like in the basement of another building. So it's a pretty big uh, concert club. I'd say probably uh, compared to like a, a Peabody's or a, something like that, which, you know, just a smaller concert club if you're not in Cleveland. And uh, so anyways, this guy, he comes down and goes, doors are open. But what he failed to realize was there's nobody at the door. People are door- just walking by me. I assume they're fans that paid. Door, Yeah, doors had been open. Uh, he, he, this is the only show in AIW history that had zero paid. Uh, which wow. yeah, zero paid because and he blamed us. He blamed us, and I was like, "Dude, you ran against Motley Crue, and you own this venue, and you forgot to hire somebody to collect the money." I would say maybe tops. There was fifty people there. Oh, yeah, that's and that's that's being generous. But I do remember specifically for some odd reason, four people drove up to the show from North Carolina because they wanted to see the Olsen twins reunite for the first time in years or (laughs) or some shit. Uh, It was fucking weird. But so at the end of the night, I go, hey, bad, like, where's our money? And he goes, dude, there was zero paid. And I go, well, that's cool, but I can't zero pay the fucking 20 wrestlers that that are back there. I go, I need my money. So I got he had agreed to a pretty high amount. Yeah, it was a pretty premium price, especially for 2010 AIW. Uh, so, you know, this fucking guy, in order to pay us, he opens up his fucking video poker online and starts betting huge so he can get his fucking bank balance up. The only way we were getting paid is if this guy fucking won at video poker. So we had to stand in this dude's office and fucking hang on the fucking like edge of our seats at every hand this fucking guy played, <laughs> hoping this motherfucker would get a royal flush or something so we could get our fucking money and go pay everyone that was sitting in the back, which everybody in the back was already not taking the show seriously and already thought that they weren't getting paid. Like uh, Sterling James Keenan, he wrestled in a, in a bowling outfit or something. Oh, yeah, he was... 
We didn't even release the show on DVD, I don't think. It, it was, was free on YouTube. I don't put, even know we if put, it's still up. Yeah, we put bits and pieces of it up on YouTube, but it was a fucking mess. Luckily, the guy hit a fucking heater of a hand and we got fucking paid. But like, that's kind of why we're so reluctant about working with these like outside groups where like everybody has like you know like we were saying we have grandiose ideas like the general public has way bigger ideas than we do yeah so fucking like it's you know it it's always 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 a gamble this guy thought colin delaney and uh dalton castle were gonna draw vince neal and tommy lee yeah and it's hard it's hard to be like you know like it's hard for us to be like cool man you're going to give us all this money and then we book all these people and like, you know, getting that money is like up in the air. You know, it's totally outside of our control. Like we have no idea how many tickets are selling. We have no idea what like the financial situation is. So like that was like a really, really eye opening experience of like, you know, the dream is to always get these paid bought shows. But the reality is, is like they're a fucking And like mess. I think. I think the guy probably thinks you're like the biggest asshole in the world because you were so mean to him. But oh, like, I was like stern with this fucking poker fucking because guy. He gave you this sob story of, oh, I can't pay you guys, but you knew you were gonna take the heat for all the dudes in the back. Right. Like, I like I was like very very stern with this dude, and I was like, dude, I need my fucking money because we had no money to pay everybody that was there. Uh, so it was just like, dude, like. We need this money or, like, everybody that's here is never, ever, ever going to work for me ever again. Like, you know, this was your problem. And, like, you know, we kind of, you know, we had to put our reputations on the line for this fucking guy. We didn't know from any, like, he had a, we had a signed contract, but who fucking cares? You know what I mean? Like. You would have to go through the court system. Right. Like, you know, that's a whole other fucking, you, you know, can't, You mess. can't pay uh, Corey Graves in a IOU when we get our money from the court. Right. So, like, you know, it's. It's always the dream to like go on the road and do these fucking sold shows, but like when it's outside of your control, like it's impossible. But there have been some cool fucking experiences where we went on the road. Like, uh, well, one real quick thing about Sandusky is afterwards, I don't know if anybody's ever seen it, but we did a shoot interview with the Olsen twins, and that was that night. And at the end of it, I fell, I fell asleep in another room, and Thorne woke me up, and I thought I was dreaming because you say we lost our ring canvas. Oh yeah, the fucking it, like we have a horrible night at this. The ring canvas falls out of the fucking ring truck somewhere between Sandusky and fucking Cleveland, Ohio, and like we have no way to find it, recover it, or buy a new one. Uh, so that was just no. Kind they actually did find it because the aprons were taped to it. The a- or uh, the side aprons were there, but somebody had stolen the canvas. Yeah, somebody stole the fucking ring canvas on the side of the fucking highway. Uh, so yeah, that was like that was just like an awful experience, but like. You know, to kind of counteract that, there have been some, like, cool, like, uh, shocking, I, I don't know, like, times where we took risks and went on the road and it was awesome. Like, uh, you know, there was there was fucking, in 2007, my buddies were going to Ohio University and they, they wanted to throw, like, Ohio University is, like, the number one party school in the world. And uh, they wanted to throw a big-ass fucking party and they wanted to do something different. So uh, they were like, hey, can you throw a wrestling show? at our house it's not like it's like a frat house but it wasn't like an official fraternity uh and they're like we're gonna buy 40 kegs and we're gonna take up a collection who is an awesome legend that you can book and uh that would want to party with us and we had just had the honky tonk man so of course 
after, you know, we witnessed the honky talk man's baby face turn of him turn face, you know, liking to watch, uh, <laughs> we a hundred percent decided to book the honky tonk man at a college Talk about party. a guy that just saved himself another booking. You know, I could have fired him when he was going to watch a giant rat get fucked on my bed, but turn baby face. So that goes to show you, you know, you always side with the promoter. Uh, you'll get an extra payday out of it. So, uh, you know, that was another thing where like, you know, people took up a collection and like our fate was basically in the hands of fucking poor ass college kids to go around with the collection plate and pay our fucking expenses. And uh, we set up early in the morning and we were, we left the honky talk man at the hotel because we're thinking, oh, man, this guy's going to hate that like, the entranceway is a like, driveway. Like we booked him, but then we didn't think about the logistics of. He's literally going to wrestle in a backyard. Like, this is literally a backyard wrestling event that well, we're promoting. Well, technically, it's a back driveway. Yeah, backyard, back driveway, whatever. The fucking ring was in front of a garage. So, like, we're like, uh, fuck, you know, he's here, but how are you going to explain to him what is happening? And then he kept, he kept, like, asking us, like, when is the show? Well, let me get to the show. Yeah, he let's get to the venue. Let's. He didn't know the venue was a fucking house. Uh and one one thing I don't I don't think he does it anymore. But at that time, when you booked the honky tonk man, you had to have a bottle of Seagram's extra smooth vodka for him uh, as soon as he got off the plane. And you had to take him to a grocery store so he could get Skyline Chili uh, spice mix. Yeah, because he loves Skyline Chili for whatever reason. Uh, he said that's the only reason he works Ohio. So eventually, we bring we bring the fucking honky tonk man to this house. And we don't know what to expect, man. This guy, this guy, this guy, yes, he he had just turned babyface after watching a rat get fucked in Biggins' bed months prior. But this guy has also wrestled the fucking WrestleMania 3 in the fucking, you know, Pontiac Silverdome. So uh, this is this is a long long way down from there. And uh, he pulls in and it's a house and, you know, there's a bunch of college girls walking around and shit. And like, it's literally a driveway with a curtain in it. And he, he was just like. Well, fuck, man. Why don't you guys bring me here earlier? I'm ready to fucking party. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we ended up fucking partying all that, night. That was uh, a great experience. Uh, I had a sprained leg, but it uh, this girl with a cast came up to me and was like, oh, you're crippled, too. I'm crippled, too. I got a broken leg. And uh, rest in peace, Matt Riot uh, says, I love girls and casts. It's one of my fetishes. He goes, he picked her up and ran into the woods, and they had a great time. R.I.P. Yeah, they had a great time in the woods with the girl with the broken leg. Uh, you know, there was girls getting in the ring, doing all kinds of weird naked oh, this stuff. Is, this is a funny story. So girls were do, just full-on HLA and stuff. Well, a girl actually owned the house we were at. Uh, she did not like it, so she ended up trying to fight the girls. Glenn Moore knows that girl. He went on a date with her a couple really? times. Really? That's yeah. weird. Threw lit cigarettes in the ring. All while this is going on, Honky Tonk Man is just howling in laughter, uh, thinking it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah, so, uh, you know, there, there's some times where, you know, we, we leave our fate in other people's hands, and it turns out, uh, mostly, you know, even if there's not money involved, we're uh, it, it'll turn out okay as long as we're partying hard, uh, which we definitely partied for about uh, two straight days with those 40 kegs that they that got. Was, uh, that was a great experience. I guess, you know, another time where, like, we kind of entrusted our uh, lives in the hands of Drew Cordero trying to get his bought shows was uh, it ended up being Wrestling Road Diaries 1. We did a uh, we did a show at his uh, haunted house on a Thursday night, and the big highlight of that event for me, besides Brian Danielson and uh, you know Colt Cabana and being a part Sour of this, being a part of this documentary, was uh, we had to run 
uh, as a co-promotion with this uh, other Ohio promotion that now doesn't exist, Hybrid Wrestling, and their promoter was was well known for cutting the sleeves and off of his shirts. Even. Guy never owned a fucking shirt with sleeves on it ever. So uh, our good buddy Aaron <laughs> Bauer and all of his uh, and all of his uh, you know uh, I'm trying to think of. Uh, the proper way to describe it. Well, fuck. I'll just I, say I, it. I would say in, that in all the, in in the height of his in his pill addiction. Oh, uh, whoa, brother! I was gonna say it, the height of his haze or something. Yeah, the height of his uh, his extracurricular rec- recreational drug use. Uh, he decides, even though he worked for Hybrid, he hated this fucking promoter. He decides that he's gonna fucking. He's going to make fun of him, and he's going to cut the sleeves off of an entire suit. But. He failed to realize that that was a suit that he fucking wore on his wedding day. Or, Which was about two months prior, I think. Yeah, or, or was it he was supposed to wear that suit at his upcoming wedding? I can't remember. But no, I think it was after the fact. But he cuts the, he cuts the sleeves off this fucking <laughs> off this suit. Because uh, he, had, he had bought a, sh- a suit, I think, at the thrift store. To purposely yeah. pull this, to fucking purposely do this. But, uh, you know, he was... He's, him and uh, Jerry were probably going a little hard on the Blunskys in the parking lot, and uh, they walk in with a fucking <laughs> with a cutoff suit. Yeah, at and, least they showed up. Yeah, and uh, you know it was his wedding suit, and his fucking wife was pretty pissed at all of us for quite some time. Uh, but you know that that's really the uh, you know the, a short story that could be an entire episode on how the. But wrestling- real quick, I've never felt like weirder running a show because they would have a match. We would have a match and go back and forth. And like, it was just such a awkward, weird. Thing. It was a weird experience, but like they had like a deal with that haunted house. So like we had to do like a co-promotion with them, but like they weren't going to be featured in the documentary. They just wanted to have a show. It was fucking weird shit, man. This is like the weird shit that you have to do when uh, you're, we were just like, we have to have a show because Cool Cabana says we have to be on that day. We have to have a show on a Thursday if we want Brian Danielson to come wrestle for $100. So we fucking had that show. But Aaron Bauer lost his fucking wedding suit. Are there any other uh, like requests that you've, you've had odd requests from people uh, to come out to do a show or an Dude, event? Dude, we get requests to like come like set up and do like men oil wrestling in like dudes barns and backyards oh we get we get probably at least one email a week from fetish people and they're like we'll give you 30 dollars if you set up the ring for an hour yeah and just like let us like oil up and roll around in it like Like, we'll sell out we'll sell out (laughs) for big money we'll sell out for big money that we're just saying but like none of these people offer anything worthwhile yeah i'm not i'm not fucking transport ring so dudes can oil up and fucking tackle each other for an hour for 30 bucks man that you got to at least come with fucking 500 but 500 let's talk a couple 500 days. hey man 500 <laughs> that's as low as i'm going but uh yeah you know like uh, we get all kinds of fucking weird weird requests that never pan out you know well, every- a lot of people think shows are free cuz we've had like festivals and stuff and they're just like oh can't you guys just come put on a wrestling show and i'm like there's a lot of costs involved yeah you know like or like county fairs or fucking like come set up a fucking uh show and i'm at bar parking lot like shit like that like but i don't want to give you any money i'll just give you fucking chicken wings like well we, we had a show for chicken wings i would have done that fuck chicken wings <laughs> dude i don't eat anything with fucking bones in it it's disgusting but yeah we get all kinds of weird fucking uh weird requests but you know like just going through the few weird experiences, like the guy having to fucking play poker to fucking pay us. Like it's, 
it's got to be something like totally 100% legit. And guaranteed. Which I feel that that guy offered us $25,000 to buy AEW recently was totally legit with his 134 Facebook likes for his entertainment conglomerate that he said that he was going <laughs> to... Or, or the guy that said uh, he was going to buy all the DVD rights to our shows and give us 2% of all sales. Oh, yeah. We get like all kinds of offers of like... Let's let me buy your company. Some, or do you want to do you want to uh, join our companies together? And yeah, like let's combine companies. A lot of uh, a lot of fake NWAs out there too. Are yeah. there uh, are these guys from our princes in Nigeria? No, no, you princes know? in no, Nigeria. These are all weird American wrestling people. But like an old Mexican man did try to invest his entire uh, retirement in yeah, us. Yeah, how'd that work out? And uh, we said no because I felt bad. I I just can't take sixty five thousand dollars from my old ass man. But uh, somebody would. You know, Joe D. But uh, anyway, we'll, uh, you know, there, we get all kinds of different weird proposals. Uh, I'm sure all, like, I'm sure all independent wrestling promoters get weird fucking propositions and proposals. And if you do and you're listening to this and you're a wrestling promoter, please let me know because they are fucking so entertaining. The weird shit and weird emails uh, that we get, like I said, you know, the, the, the dudes wrestling in oil for, you know, offering us 30 bucks. That's just the tip of the iceberg of the, the weird fucking requests that we get. All right. It's going to wrap it up here for the card is going to change presented by AIW and sponsored by smart mark video. And this is awesome wrestling show. Thank you guys for listening. You, get, you can download, subscribe, rate, comment on the show, iTunes, Stitcher, Lipson, the uh, podcast store on Google Play. If it's Android or I, uh, iPhone, you guys can listen to the show. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Mm-hmm.